0: Hey guys, and welcome back to another US Open 2022 favorites video. And we're going to be talking about Carlos Alcaraz. Carlitos. And I cannot wait to get into this. I can't. Before I do, though, remember to hit that like button and subscribe if you're new. Also, if you're watching on a podcast platform, please do remember to leave a rating and review. Thank you so much. Carlos Alcaraz, where do we start? Where do we start? Such an exciting player, isn't he? Uh, so young still and someone who... For me, personally, I just love watching. I can't wait to watch him in the years to come. He has been hyped up, and to be fair, rightly so. Rightly so, because he is just such a fantastic player. He is Spanish-like, of course, Rafael Nadal, but a very different style, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in terms of what his style is, what he brings, if you haven't seen a lot of him going into the US Open, or maybe you just want to hear my thoughts on it as well. Six-foot... Ranked number four in the world, the Spaniard is at a career high. Only 19 years of age and has a win-to-loss ratio in 2022 of 44 and 9, which is really impressive, especially if you compare it to his career record of 77 and 27. 44 and 9 is incredible. He's also won four titles, uh, which is four out of his five career titles as well. So incredible year so far. He has been arguably... Look, Kyrgios has been a really good player this year, especially since Wimbledon and Nadal's probably been the most informed player the whole year. You'd have to say maybe the three most informed players, though, are Nadal, Kyrgios, and Alcaraz, you might say. And, and that's kind of how I see it. Uh, maybe I missed someone out, but that's how I see it. I know Djokovic, of course, won Wimbledon, but hasn't been able to play... Uh, unfortunately, hasn't been able to play a lot of other tennis to actually be in that bracket, right? Because it's just been such a small sample size, but more of a... More than likely he would have been in there if he'd been playing, of course. Let's then discuss his stats on hard courts, how he's done recently, and how I think he's going to fare at the US Open. I'll talk about his style as well, how I think he's going to fare, and we will break it all down. So Carlos Alcaraz made the quarterfinals of Cincinnati, losing to Cam Nori. A first win for Cam Nori over Carlos Alcaraz. But he had beaten McDonald and Chilich on the way there. It was a very tough match against... Cam Norian. He normally tends to come out on top. A shock loss to Tommy Paul in the Canadian Open in the first round. Uh, not going according to plan, of course. Uh, losing in three sets again. And again, two tiebreakers. What is it about him and losing uh, a, a three-setter because of two tiebreakers? Just is what it is, I guess. But look, he is an incredibly talented player. He really is. And the US Open is the tournament where he really made his breakthrough last year, making the quarterfinals in blistering fashion. He still has his equal best performance at a grand slam at the US Open. Made the quarterfinals of the French this year, of course, losing to uh, Alexander Zverev in the end. But that was the first major quarterfinal he'd ever made at the US Open. So that's a massive, massive indicator I guess of how he enjoys playing at the US Open yes it is still a hard court it's still a quicker surface than say the clay but it isn't as quick as say the Australian Open as I keep on talking about on the other hand you know it's definitely got quicker over the years the US Open and plays similar to Cincinnati where he did have some, su- some success so that is a positive sign I think for Carlos uh, and I think you know the Cam Nori one really well could have gone either way and nori has been one of the most consistent players this year so there's no shame in losing there quarterfinals of the u.s open last year lost to felix although it was a walkover in the end had to retire but some fantastic wins on the way to the quarterfinals uh, beating Stefanos Tsitsipas in a thriller in five sets of course and he really did break onto the scene and it was an incredible incredible little run from the spaniard How's he going to fare at the US Open, then? And how does his style hold, hold up? There's a few things to talk about when it comes to Carlos Alcaraz. There's definitely a lot of hype around him. A lot of people even thought that he'd win a Grand Slam this year. I'm not of the same opinion. I think it will come, and maybe it will even come next year. We have to remember he's only 19 years of age. He had a blistering clay court swing, uh, or period, anyway, where he was playing incredible tennis. Lost to Sinner. Uh, in the round of 16 in Wimbledon, and that would have been a bit of a shock to some people, given Sinner's uh, 0-2 record going into uh, Wimbledon. Uh, That's the 0-2 record on grass, that is. There's still some chinks in his armour. There's still some things to iron out, and we'll discuss that. But let me first outline his style. He's an aggressive baseliner who is also able and willing to come to the net at the right opportune moments. That is how I like to, to, I guess, describe him. He's incredibly athletic, and I can see why a lot of people draw comparisons between himself and Federer and Nadal and Djokovic, because he does have, stylistically, similarities. He has the kind of elasticity of Novak. He has the type of competitor mentality of a Rafa, and the kind of grit and determination. And he does have the forehand, the elegance at times of Roger and potentially the drop shot as well. So what does that mean for his US Open chances? For me, it means he's got a good chance of going very deep. It does. His game consists of, as I said, this incredible array of different tools that he's able to utilize and his game is mature beyond his years. He reminds me a little bit of Alexander Zverev in the sense that both players have as a base, incredible bases to work off. Uh, You know, Zverev not many huge weaknesses in his game you would say, uh, coming through in terms of technically, Uh, yes, the forehand pushes it a little little bit, but that's more to do with the mental, I would say uh, fragility than anything else And, and same with the serve. For maybe the toss is too high but generally of course a massive weapon but Carlos there's definitely some things to work on and we'll talk about the serve especially because that's something that I think can definitely be worked on and his backhand defense as well but the forehand I mean for the most part is an incredible weapon he can dictate with it he can hit it in different ways. We've seen on the clay, he can hit with higher top spin almost Rafa nadal-esque with the the lasso or whipping forehand. He can also hit a flatter forehand, as we saw at Wimbledon or the Australian Open and hit through the court. It's an aggressive tool, it's one that he can hit in many different ways. Uh he can hit with higher top spin and drag you off court by hitting angles or hit flat down the line or down the middle of the court with great depth and precision. He is an aggressive, aggressive player for the most part, and that does mean that he his game and matches do come with unforced errors at times, but it also means that they come with a whole lot of entertainment and winners alongside that. So, that is one part of his style. The other part is the drop shots and the lobs. And that's something that, of course, you'll see on tennis TV, you'll see in highlights. And his drop shot is arguably one of the best on tour. Some people w- would say, even the best on tour. For me, it's one of the best on tour, uh, his drop shot. On top of that, his lobs are incredible. I mean, his backhand lob is especially fantastic, and he a great tool to use for sure, especially after he's dragged someone in with a drop shot. And if it ha- if it's not a clean winner, he has the lob at his disposal, or is he able to hit off both wings clean uh, to try and pass the opponent as well? The backhand, for the most part, until really recently, I have to say, until, let's say, the Zverev loss at Roland Garros, there weren't many question marks around it, but since then, he lost his Zverev and Sinner uh, and Mussetti, and there's a trend to those losses, and that is that in the backhand-to-backhand exchanges, he was he was losing. He was losing them. He was at a disadvantage, and he was having to be uh, playing uncomfortable shots on the backhand side. For example, against Sinner, he was having to slice a lot, which I don't think he wanted to do. I think it was a case of he was being rushed, and defensively, he was trying to slice to give himself time. Sinner then would open up and go into out on the forehand side and punish him to the backhand corner. His backhand is against pretty much, I would say, 95% of players. He's not just serviceable. It's very good. But generally, if we're talking about it from a um, a Grand Slam, elite point of view from the backhand to backhand, um, I guess, dynamic... You'd have to say that he will struggle against the players of with elite backhands, and that means someone like a Djokovic, a Zverev, a Massetti, a you know who else? I mean, Sinner, for example. All these guys have fantastic backhands, and of course, they don't just have fantastic backhands, but they have you know an incredible all-round game as well. But their backhands are up there in the top ten on tour. And they can hang with Alcraz, not just hang with him, but they can now hit him from the back of the court. They can outmaneuver maneuver him on the backhand sides and they can get shorter balls from Alcraz's backhand. Alcraz is very good generally at running around the backhand. But when someone has such a good two-hander or one-handed backhand, they can find these great angles. That means that Alcraz has to hit a backhand. Um, And it means shorter balls for the opponent. It means he's not being able to hit through the court as well. And he can struggle. So he'll be hoping, draw-wise, that he doesn't really have to face anyone of that ilk. Now, Zverev, of course, is injured, so uh, that's a massive shame. But in terms of his chances, it is a good thing for him. Djokovic looks like he's probably not going to be able to compete. Again, massive shame. But again, for his chances, that's a good thing. And Massetti, on any surface that in clay, to be honest with you, isn't particularly good. Uh, His talent and his ability on other surfaces pales in comparison to his ability on clay right now. He's seen as a clay court specialist. Then if we talk about, I guess, Yannick Sinner, who's the other person I mentioned, he's a danger. He's a massive, massive danger. The Italian, uh, the young player who applied his trade, you know, playing a lot of challenges and, and has been very impressive this year for the most part and continually improving, that could be an issue. That could be an issue, but I would still say that Alcaraz on a on a hard court should have the the upper hand. So really, all in all, it's looking pretty good for him, right? I mean, Rafa, of course, could give him problems with being a lefty if they were to play and, and they played each other a lot, so... There's a familiarity there, but generally his chances are pretty good. And I would say I would back him to make the semifinals as a minimum. That's how confident I am of him going far. A lot does depend on the draw, and I think someone like Honori can cause him problems, and we've seen it. He could also come up against a big server where I feel like his returning hasn't maybe held up as well as I would have expected or developed as well as I would have expected in the last year, year and a half. But he's still so young. This is his second year on tour, from what I know, on uh, the main tour anyway. So it's going to be an intriguing tournament. Can he better his result of a quarterfinal from last year? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I would say he'll be looking to at least equal that result, if not, as I said, make a semifinal. Uh, but that's how I view it. I, there's so much more we could talk about with Carlos Alcaraz, And I guess the only imp- other improvement that I can mention uh, without going on for a long time is is the serve. And that has improved. He's bulked it up a little bit. He's hitting his spots better. But generally, it, it can still be improved. I think he still needs to... It can, look, it can look a little bit mechanical at times. And I think he needs to loosen his, his grip and his stance and just be a bit more fluid with it. And I think he will then find easier power and also... I'll be able to find a lot more spin uh, to utilize as well on the serves and, and give the return a lot more problems. I, I think I love the willingness to come to the net and serve a volley at times as well. It's, it's great to watch. He doesn't always choose the right moments, but he seems like a natural volleyer And that is something that has been compared to, say, Roger. And I can see why, because his touch and feel around the net is fantastic. And I think the dynamism to his game is great to see. And if he manages to utilize all his different facets effectively at the US Open, there's no reason why he can't go deep and be a major player at this Grand Slam. Thank you very much, guys. Stay safe and well. We'll see you on the next video. Remember to hit the like button and subscribe if you're new. We'll see you very soon.